नमस्कार आदाब सशकाल दिस इज केजीएस यू स्टैंडफर्ड नाइन्टी पॉइंट वन एफ एम आई एम प्रांजली एंड यू आर लिसनिंग टू चाई टाइम वेलकम टू द न्यू सीजन ऑफ चाई टाइम फ्रेंड्स इट हैज़ बिन माई प्लेजर टू ब्रिंग चाई टाइम टू यू इट स्टार्टेड एज माई वॉइस मेरी आवाज बट इवेंचुअली इट बिकेम यूर वॉइस यूर आवाज वी हैड डिफरेंट गेस्ट फ्राम डिफरेंट ऑर्गेनाइजेशन एंड कॉजेज वी हैड पोएट्स म्यूजिशियंस activists and many more today's chai time is about sufism mysticism and qawwali i'm excited to talk about an upcoming qawwali event organized by hindi urdu sufi poetry meetup group featuring bay area sufi teacher and guide kiran rana ji stay tuned not only Stanford Hospital and Lucille Packard Children's Hospital but several other local hospitals as well and they need your help to save lives if you are in good health and between the ages of 17 and 74 the Stanford Blood Center invites you to donate you can even make an appointment online all blood types are needed for more information please visit bloodcenter.stanford.edu that's bloodcenter.stanford.edu or call 650-723-7831. For more than 55 years, the colleges and universities of the United Negro College Fund have helped thousands of students rise to new heights of academic achievement. When you support the United Negro College Fund, you support the dreams of these young people. Often these are dreams that were once out of reach. Rise to the challenge and support the UNCA. because a mind is a terrible thing to waste welcome back as you know today we have a very special guest on our show kiran rana kiran rana ji was born and raised in india and he traveled to the west in search of enlightenment he had his first sufi training from fazal inayat khan at forwens in england for the past 40 years kiran rana has been deeply engaged with sufism at the bay area dervish center in alameda he and his wife jenny share traditional and new approaches to the inner life love creativity and awakening kiran rana is a murshid a guide in the sufi way kiran rana and his group are going to perform the sufi art of qawwali at the center sf in san francisco at 548 Fillmore Street, San Francisco, on February twenty fifth, Saturday, from three p.m. to six p.m., and this event is organized by Hindi Urdu Sufi Poetry Meetup Group. Hindi Urdu Sufi Poetry Meetup Group was started by Mahendra Kutare a few years back, and now it's a community of more than two hundred and fifty people from San Francisco, East Bay, and South Bay, who meet regularly. to read discuss and enjoy poetry and this is the event dedicated to the art of qawwali where kiran rana ji will be performing for hindi urdu sufi poetry meetup group it is our pleasure that kiran ji was able to take time from his riyaz and from his busy day and to talk to us so please welcome kiran ji in our studio Arab Kiran ji welcome to the show how are you thank you so much pranjali i am very well 
and delighted to be here with you. Thank you. And I must tell you that our Hindi-Urdu-Sufi Poetry Meetup Group, our Berkeley Language Center, and then KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM, we all are grateful that you took time to talk to us about Sufism and about the art of Kavali. A lot to talk about and ask you, Kiranji, but uh, personally, I would like to start with your own transformation because this is one fascinating journey, right? Like, um, you were in India, and of course, you were working and living a life, and then people generally go from here to India. That's right. To (laughs) go into this path. That's right. And you did it other way. So please tell us about it. Um. It's a relatively simple story. Mm-hmm. As you say, the only the only wrinkle is that it goes the other way. Yeah. But I grew up in India. Mm-hmm. I went to engineering school. Of course. To yeah. IIT. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, after I finished IIT, I worked for three years. Yes. In a company that I think doesn't exist anymore called Metalbox. Okay. And I worked in the personnel department. Mm. And at the end of about three years there, I decided that working in large corporations was not for me. Yeah. And I decided I needed to see more of the world. Mm-hmm. And to be quite honest, it wasn't a spiritual quest because at that time I didn't believe in spirituality at all. Of course. So I thought that mm-hmm. mysticism and spirituality were um, tamasha mm-hmm. and gurus were ego trippers. I see. And uh, th- that, it didn't interest me. I just wanted to see the world. Wow. So see, for me, if I have to pick one favorite moment from the history of what I know about Indian culture, about India, it would be Gautam Buddha sitting under that tree Mm -hmm. and getting that feeling, enlightening, right? Now, that's a very, in a very broad sense, but we all are craving towards that, Mm -hmm. right? Finding that ultimate truth, the gyan, the happiness, or the sukoon. So for you, did it happen just like that? One day you thought that you are going to take this turn, take this path, or things happened around you which made you take this path? How did the journey start? Is there any particular incident or story you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, the journey for me in terms of why I left or why I was a seeker Mm-hmm. is that I was not satisfied with where I was and what I saw around me. I wasn't particularly satisfied with what I was doing. I was working in a large multinational corporation yes. in a personnel department, and I felt that the people who were my bosses, and actually more than my bosses, my bosses' bosses, mm-hmm. didn't really care. Their primary concern was not the well-being of the people who worked there at every level. Mm -hmm. And I also, because I worked in the head office for a year, I saw how dysfunctional large corporations are, how they are actually run by the egos of people. And and I thought, this is just not for me. Um, the, The vision that I pursued when I left India was really one of freedom. And very ordinary freedoms. I wanted freedom from family restrictions and expectations. I wanted freedoms from what I considered to be narrow-mindedness and 
religious bigotry that I saw all around me. I was very unhappy with, you know, Hindu, Muslim, Sikh, Christian, all this sort of animosity uh, in so many people, especially now it's, it seems to be more than before. Yes. But it was something that made me unhappy under my skin. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I want to go to a place where uh, people are treated as people. And which was that place? Where did you go <laughs> I'm first? I'm still looking for that place. <laughs> Because I want to go there with you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like right now, this is yeah. not that place. But yeah. anyway, so yeah. from India. then. So yeah. I, I told my friends, mm-hmm. I had a circle of friends, and I said, you know, I'm going to leave my job, and I'm going to leave the country. I'm going to travel around the world. I'm going to go for at least four years. Mm-hmm. And three of them said, we'll come with you. Great. And eventually, one other person came with me. Okay. And so we left India together. We flew from Amritsar to Kabul because we couldn't go through Pakistan. Okay. And then we traveled overland from Kabul toward the west. Wow. Mm. And then which country did you go first? Oh, uh, I mean, well, States from Kabul, or? we went to Iran. From Iran, we went to Turkey. From Turkey, we went to Greece. Greece, we went to Italy. Then we s- split up in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, And met again back in Greece. Uh, there was, we were on Crete, and there was a lovely place that we both enjoyed, and we met, met up over there again. And then we split up again and went our different ways. And after a certain amount of time traveling through the Middle East, I came to Germany, then to Holland, and then oh. to England. Wow, okay. During that time traveling, first... You know, this is a story, I mean, these these are markers that you can't, uh, you can't say that this is what happened, and yet there's a feeling that you have that you can't wipe away. Yeah. In in Jordan, I was, I was traveling with three other people in a car, in a van, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they had left something behind in the town before, so they were going to go back to pick that up, and I said, drop me here, this is a very beautiful area, mm-hmm. I want to sit here for a while, and look at it and come and pick me up on your way when you're done. Okay. And I'm sitting there looking at this amazing, beautiful valley, deep mm-hmm. valley, and I hear the sound of goats and bells, mm-hmm. and I walk over to take a look, and there's a shepherd sitting there with, you know, about seven or eight goats, and he's very dark and mm-hmm. quite small, And I went over, and we greeted each other. And I didn't speak a word of Arabic. He obviously didn't speak a word of English. And um, I don't know. We had a very strong connection. And then my friends arrived. I turned to leave. And he put his hand on my head. Okay. I don't know. Like a blessing? I don't know. But I can never forget that it, uh, for me, Mm -hmm. for some reason, that felt like he did something that changed or opened my mind toward, I don't know what, Hmm. kind of mysterious. Okay. Then I was in Turkey, in Istanbul, Mm -hmm. and I visited the Topkapi Palace. Mm -hmm. And in the Topkapi Palace, there are... Uh, relics mm-hmm. of Prophet Muhammad. Yes. And 
So I'm there with my friend. Mm -hmm. We were still traveling together at that time, and with an American friend <laughs> who joined us. And as I walk into this place where there are the relics of Prophet Muhammad, I get this intense feeling that I had been with him. Okay. Now, I, I have no... My family was sick. Mm -hmm. I have no previous knowledge, really, of Islam, of... You know, I don't didn't. I mean, I had Muslim friends, but we were in boarding school. My whole background was fairly Western. Um, so where this feeling came from, but it was a conviction that I had been with him, that I had known him. Mm -hmm. Somehow I had been with him. And then after I walked out of the room, mm -hmm. feeling quite amazed, the feeling gradually left. But again, it you know, like that first encounter, it left me with a feeling that, you know, the line from Hamlet, there are other things yes. in heaven and earth yeah. than are dreamed of in your philosophy. Mm -hmm. And then on the way, people gave me a book to read, and it was by a, a teacher and a seeker called Gurdjieff. And it was called Meetings with Remarkable Men, and it mentioned Sufis. Okay. <clears throat> so that was my first encounter with the, the word Sufi. Okay. Believe it or not, <laughs> 27 years I was in India, I'd never heard the word Sufi. Um, and then I got to England, <laughs> you know, later. Yeah. yeah. And I saw an advertisement in a magazine for a program called a Sufi work camp. Okay. And uh, I thought, I want to go. I want to find out more about this Sufism stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I went to this program, and uh, it was in what was called a khanka mm -hmm. in Surrey, about an hour from London. Mm -hmm. It was a community, a small community, yes. basically a bunch of hippies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but we all had, you know, spiritual leanings or searches inside us. And there I met my teacher, Fazal Inayat Khan. Okay. And after about three mm -hmm. or four or five days yeah. around him, uh -huh. I thought, I want to stay here. Wow. So, so I, had, I had a long talk with him, and mm -hmm. I said, can I stay? Yeah. And he said, and this was the general rule there, if you wanted to come and stay, mm -hmm. you had to commit for a year. Oh, so that was you, hard for me. Yeah. I was just traveling around. So you formally get to know yeah. the... Yeah. Whole thing, right? So, so I committed to being there for a year. Mm -hmm. I ended up staying close to him, mm -hmm. with him, in England and Holland for seven years. Okay. And then one day after seven years, he said to me, why are you still here? And I said, well, I'm your executive assistant. I do this for you. I do <laughs> that. I'm running this. And yes. he said, really, I've been trying to tell you to go for the last six months, and mm -hmm. you don't seem to have learned anything. So, I mean, it was, it yeah, was yeah, being... Yeah, of course. And, yeah. uh, and then within three to... months, I was here in the U.S. Ah. And then here you started. So by that time, do you think you were kind of getting the feel of Sufism? Oh, yes, you, very much. You very were, much. I mean, right? seven years living next to your teacher, you get the feel of Sufism. Definitely. And yes. this is where my listeners would love to hear about it. So I know it's like such a broad topic. But in general, if we say, what is Sufism, what would you say? Gosh. It's a difficult it, Yes, question. it is a very difficult question to answer simply. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
So I will answer it simply and then I think to a lot of people that may not be enough. But um, Sufism is a way of looking at the world. Mm -hmm. It is a way of, um, or if you like, it's a path within which people train themselves. It's a wavelength in consciousness. It's... Uh, uh, a channel of blessing and understanding that has come down through, you know, from the time humans first existed, possibly before humans. I'm sure there are many Sufi creatures of all kinds, all mm -hmm. species. Um, I... I I use the term human being because to me one of the important things to understand is that Sufis are not trying to be perfect or trying to be godlike or trying to be extraordinary. They're trying to be full, functioning, life-embracing, mm. experiencing, responding, passionate human beings. That's interesting, yes. And so we also mm -hmm. call Sufism the way of the heart <laughs> because while there is intellectual analysis and study and psychology and training of body and mind and spirit, the most important thing is the heart. Yes. People may say brain, but yes, I agree. Yeah. That's the most yeah. important thing. And you talked about the mystery involved and the mysticism. So would you like to shed some light on that topic too for our listeners? If it wasn't a mystery, it wouldn't be called a mystery. Yeah. And, you know, oh, yeah, but still, I totally get what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. it, 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 it's not a new question. So, yeah. so let me add, um, you know, because I, I, I've done whole talks about what is Sufism, who is a Sufi. And so... One of the things that I say is, you know, Sufi is a human being and Sufism is simply becoming the fullest human being you can be yes. with everything that you have. Mm -hmm. But I will also say that a Sufi is a lover. Sufi That's is a the lover. first yes, thing. Yes, yes. And when we say lover, we think of either romantic love or, um, you know, but it, it's love of everything. Yes. It, so it's, again, I, the way of the heart, it's having an open heart yes. toward every other thing. Yes. Human, organic, material, cosmic, yeah. transcosmic. Of course. Yeah, and I was reading somewhere that, yeah, when you talk about this uh, relationship, whether with God or connecting to uh, connecting this bhakti or this Sufism or this love, then there can be different variations based on the percentage. Now, that's not a very correct word, but like it can be purely towards God and some towards your beloved, or it can be totally towards your beloved and some part of it towards God. So it's basically connecting with love, right? Sufism, I'm not saying like that's the definition, but 
It can be anything. It's in the area. It's in the area. It's in the area. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and Berkeley is such a great place to yeah. talk about it. We, ref- you know, so the, first of all, yeah. you don't have to believe in God. Exactly. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, it. It can be anything. What, it yeah. can be anything. Of course, and yes, if you yes. at a stage in your life don't have any concept of God or any relationship with something beyond, that's fine. You don't yes, really yes, need that. Yes. Um, and I think that's very important. Yeah. Know. For yeah. everyone, yes. There's no, there's, yeah. no, there's no sort of barrier that you have to step across huh. to yeah. become a Sufi. So true, yes. Right? Uh, you're here, I'm here. Um, this is a Sufi moment. Exactly. You where, don't have where, to follow 10 yeah. rules and become Sufi. Right, like, we're connecting, mm-hmm. we're relating. You yes. don't have to do namaz five times a day. You don't have to do puja. You don't have to do part. Um, you know... Turn around and look at someone and open your heart to them, and you know, there's a wonderful Sufi moment. Yeah. Um, the beloved, and this is something that's very present and borne out in Sufi poetry. The beloved is the same word for the person sitting opposite you in the morning uh, at breakfast or sleeping next to you in bed at night. And it's the same word for the divine if you have mm-hmm. a relationship with the divine. There is one beloved, yes. right? I mean, mysticism is basically about understanding or seeing or feeling or opening yourself toward the feeling or putting yourself in the way of beginning to feel that everything is one. Yes. And that one is mysterious, <laughs> cannot be known. This is a 
beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing this beautiful music with us. Thank you. Yes. Because as you know, uh, our Hindi-Urdu Poetry Meetup group, we are trying to organize this Kavali event and everywhere I'm trying to talk to people about it. And this is what they ask me. What is Kavali? So I thought you will be the right person to answer <laughs> them. And I'm so <laughs> grateful that you're here and you're talking to us about it. Kavali in fairly simple terms, is mystical poetry mm-hmm. or devotional song yes. that is sung in a particular style. Mm-hmm. The style originated in India. It started about 800 years ago. Sure. And it, it developed. Mm-hmm. It progressed. First, it was simple repetition or recitation of call, which are uh, sayings yes. of spiritual or holy people or teachers. Mm-hmm. And then it began to expand. And at a certain point, Songs were written by Hazrat Amir Khusro that became the core of a body of Kavali yes. that primarily became identified as the Purvi Ang or the eastern part, eastern Ang, eastern branch of Kavali. Mm-hmm. Um, Hazrat Amir Khusro started something called the Kaval Bache Gharana, which later on also became connected with the Delhi Gharana of music. Mm-hmm. And his songs became a core part of the Kavali repertoire of this Delhi Purvi Ang. At the same time, in Punjab and uh, Afghanistan, you had what was called the Punjabi or the Pashchami Ang. Mm-hmm. And there you had Kavalis that were derived from Kafi, that were derived from Kasida, mm-hmm. that were derived from influences coming from Ghazal. Influences coming from uh, Persia, from Afghanistan, from parts further west, yes. and mingling with Punjabi Ghana, mm-hmm. and um, and then you know you had sort of then regional variations and influences. You had UP Kavali, which the the style maybe a little more um, <clears throat> oriented towards a Hindiization or a Hindavi. Okay. style, <laughs> whereas in, in Delhi, originally, Hazrat Amir composed either in Braj Bhasha or in Farsi, mostly. Uh, yes, yes. In Hyderabad, very strong center of Kavali, so they emphasized Urdu and Farsi quite a lot. Hmm. So you have different styles. Yes. Um, so some of the songs, <laughs> like the songs of Hazrat Amir are very often about his murshid, his teacher, Hazrat Khadan Izamuddin Aulia. And they're very devotional, very beautiful, very devotional. But you can have, um, let me see, you can have Kavali about Firak, about separation. You mm-hmm. can have Kavali, <clears throat> Kavalis that are written um, in uh, praise of Prophet Muhammad. It's called mm-hmm. Nat Sharif. Kavalis that are written in praise of the one. Yes. Allah, yes. God, the universal being, Supreme. the one and all. Whatever you want to call uh, him, you can connect. Right? Yes. And those are called hamd, hmm. meaning praise, like okay. hamdulillah, <laughs> praise be. <laughs> right? yeah. Those are called hamd. Yeah. Um, and then you have geet, which are, you know, taken from folk uh, sources, but very often, mm-hmm. Geet and all of these, they talk about love. Yes. And the intention of Kavali is to open the heart. Yes. Open the heart toward emotion, hmm. 
and open the heart toward beauty. There is a beautiful uh, term used in Islam called ihsan. 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 And ihsan means doing the beautiful. Wow. Such a lovely phrase. Beautiful. You know, we could just, we could create a world religion based on that phrase. Very beautiful. Ihsan. Doing the beautiful. Doing the Ihsan. I-H-S-A-N. Ihsan. Ihsan. Okay, okay. Doing the beautiful. Huh. Very nice. And, 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 you know, that is... So, Mahendra asked me, you know, mm-hmm. what is your interest in Kavali or why you do Kavali? And, and I do it because, for me, it is a medium for Sufi teaching. That's mm. what I am, is a Sufi teacher. Yes. And... This is a way to communicate tenderness, love, courage, expansiveness, the beauty of everything around us, the glory of love, the pain of love, the surprise of love, the warmth of it. Yes. Um, Inayat Khan, who is a great uh, Indian Sufi, mm-hmm. said, you know, the heart that has never experienced pain is not living. Hmm. It is a stone. Yes. And a kaval will look at people in a mehfil <laughs> and he'll see who is moved. I you see. know, he sees a tear in somebody's eyes. Hmm. He'll sing that verse to that person again and again to move them even deeper. Because a kaval is a servant. He's not a performer. It's a service, and he's there to help people. We all have so much armor over our hearts to protect ourselves. Mm. We don't want to get hurt. We want to be comfortable. We want pleasant relationships. We don't want people to be unkind to us. (laughs) We hopefully don't want to be unkind to people. Yeah, we try. And, And... from childhood, we start forming these little layers of protection. Yes, yes. And the function of Kavali, the function of doing the beautiful, is to find a place where you can begin to open, where you can, where either the emotion makes you so helpless that you have to open to it. Yes. And then you experience the deep pleasure of that dissolving. And next time... You see how you have hurt someone and you've never realized that you're hurting them. But you suddenly catch that and you think, ah, oh, I shouldn't do that. Yes. And that's what Sufism is. True. Care, love, mm-hmm. feeling. Yes. And in today's world. Yes. And when I say today, literally <laughs> in today's world. <laughs> Of course, this is all relevant at all times. But do you think it's more relevant now? And do you think people are more aware and more mindful, or they're trying, like they're trying to learn or know about it, or are uh, thinking about it? Have you seen that? This have you noticed it? Or should they? You know, it's a. It's it's a wonderful question, and it's a very broad question. I'll try and answer it mm-hmm. at least partially. Yeah. The first thing I want to say is that 
I think America is a very spiritual country. It is also a very material country, but mm-hmm. it's a very spiritual country. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that has helped it in also being a spiritual country is that there, there is religion here, but there is questioning. And in many religions here, that questioning is allowed. Mm-hmm. So when I went looking for freedom, this was one of the places I wanted to come because I feel that freedom... Yes. to ask questions yes both of the institutions that you are part of or that invite you to be part of them mm-hmm. and of yourself yes. is something that is very strong over here when you ask the question you know who should i take who should i trust you don't automatically say i will trust the priest or the rabbi mm-hmm. or the you know or the the monk or the brahmin or the imam that that answer automatic answer is not simply accepted you think what inspires me hmm. to trust and 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 very often people will say well first i have to begin with trusting my own feelings i know my i need to know my feelings yes. and that <laughs> getting to know your feelings and using your feelings is a very spiritual thing Yes. So this is why I'm here. I really enjoy both the challenge because when there is a lot of spiritual yearning and longing and s- struggle and search, mm-hmm. there's also a lot of pardon my language bullshit that gets mm-hmm. in brought into the mm-hmm. picture. Yeah. Um but there is that search. people don't say just because i've received this answer for a thousand years or because it's written in the vedas or it's written in the upanishads or it's written in the quran mm-hmm. or it's written in the bible i have to accept it just like that to me that is real spirituality asking questions yes. and having faith in doubt hmm having faith in doubt yes so true yes your own doubt mm-hmm. respect it yes So um gosh what was the question <laughs> <laughs> I know that's that's what is happening to me uh trust me Kiran I had a script and I had questions but right now I'm closing everything and I'm just listening to you and I'm talking to you yeah. so I would not call it an interview it's more like a baatcheet we are having yeah, it is. and this is beautiful and I think one chai time we cannot ju- do justice to it like We need hours and hours to talk, and I'm sure we are definitely going to I'm do it. I'm totally happy to do that. Yeah, and then talking about uh, meeting you again. Of course, I'm going to meet you on February right. 25th. Right. That's when our Kavali event is. And yeah. when I say our Kavali event, I mean our Hindi, Urdu, Sufi, all languages meetup group. And once again, that is such. a spiritual experience for all of us so it was mahendra's idea 3 years back i guess he just thought about exploring reading poetry in a group right and in the beginning there were few people and they said right karma banta gaya so people started joining him they all came together and now we have a group of more than 245 members and we meet every month not everyone comes there some are regular members some are 
poets, some are just the listeners, but we sit there and we are more or less a family, a very close-knit community. Mm-hmm. We sit together, we talk poetry, we read poetry, we translate poetry, and we are just immersed in that. Beautiful. Right? Beautiful. And then for us, bringing you and having this event, Sufi Kavali, really, really is a great honor. And we all are looking forward to it. And uh, Mahendra is uh, making sure that everything is set for <laughs> you. <laughs> and we all are helping him. It's very sweet. It's yes. Very and it is in Center SF on Fillmore in San Francisco on March, on sorry, on February 25th at 2 p.m. Just right? a week away. Just a week away. A little away. more than a week away. Mo- yeah. So yeah. we'll start around. <laughs> 2 to 15 p.m. And we are very excited. And what should my listeners expect, our audience there? The thing that I forgot to say that I I should add is that Kavali is, in Mm -hmm. addition to these devotional songs, it is mystical poetry, right, that is set to music. Hmm. And um, so you have great poets and lesser-known poets who have written great poems. Hmm. and this is what is sung. So there'll yes. be something, there may be something from Maulana Rumi, there may be something from Shams Hafiz, there's from uh, Hazrat Amir Khosrow, mm. but then, you know, you may get a very profound ghazal from, uh, uh, I'm forgetting the name now. Um, he's not that well-known, he's a Hyderabadi poet. Mm. Um, but, you know, beautiful, yeah. profound things. And there is this play of the metaphor of the beloved. And, and you know, there's this idea that there is love for one's earthly beloved hmm. and that there is love for the divine beloved. Yeah, that's what and I was that, talking about. Right, yeah. and you yeah. mentioned that yeah. earlier, and one yeah. is profane and one is sacred or one is oh, earthly course. and one is celestial. Yeah. And so I just want to say this about that, which is yeah. there is absolutely no difference. Hmm. How can there be, right? Love is love. Yeah. There isn't a different feeling of love here and a different feeling of love there. That makes me feel much better. <laughs> they can't be. Because, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, again, that's what Kavali mm. is. It's opening to love. Yes. Yes. And, Kiran, you talked about you being Sufi teacher. So, uh, like, how do you teach Sufism? Like, how does it work? I'm really curious to know personally also. <clears throat> well... As I said, you know, for many years I taught almost exclusively through Kavali. <laughs> but, and that's because for many years I was a publisher and a lot of my time went into publishing books. Yeah. But the last two and a half or three years, <laughs> uh, I opened a center <laughs> in Alameda where I live. Okay. And we do, every month, <laughs> we do four kinds of programs. We do... Um, what we call Sufi conversations. Hmm. But these are not necessarily esoteric or holy style conversations. For instance, the conversations in February, March, and April are about change. We're surrounded by change, and right now we're immersed in very profound change in our social and political and economic uh, environment. And people are traumatized. Mm -hmm. They sure are. By 
by this change. Yes, yes. And then there's the whole background yeah. of what is happening to the planet. Yes. Right? So I feel that by understanding that change happens always hmm. and that looking at the resources that we inherently have to respond to change and also what attitudes maybe we need to give up so that we can respond flexibly and with steadiness and with courage to change. These are important things for us to look at because life is about experience. Yes. It's not found in books only. Of course, yes. So we have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Once a month we have what we call Kavali Saturdays where from 10 to 1.30 we do Kavali and then we have a brunch. Uh, no, not a brunch, a potluck. Mm -hmm. uh, once a month we have a, uh, an open zikr. Zikr is a Sufi uh, ritual or meditation of remembrance. Achoo. And so it's a little bit like job. Hmm. Uh, you can sit and, you know, you chant. You chant. Mm -hmm. But um, we tend to do what um, we call musical zikrs. Mm. So we sing them. Okay. And every other month currently, we do something called a universal worship service mm -hmm. where we choose a topic. Okay. My wife and I uh, hold this center together. And uh, my wife is a poet, by the way. Very nice. And she's going to read a couple of her more Sufi poems at the Kavali uh, gathering. Beautiful. And yeah. here I will interrupt and ask you, how did you guys meet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to be a long story? <laughs> no, it, it, I can keep it very, very short. Uh, I met her here in the U.S. I'd been in the U.S. for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And when I'd been in... Holland, I was doing a Japanese martial art called Aikido. Okay. And in the town that I was living in, uh -huh. uh, when I first came here, was in Southern California. I discovered that there was an Aikido class, so I went to this Aikido class. Okay. And that's how we met. Wow. She, she was a teacher for a long time. Wow. And she worked with me in publishing for 10 years. Mm -hmm. But her heart is really in poetry, and for the last 10 years, she's exclusively been writing poetry. Very nice. So... That's like a bonus for us. She's going to read her poems. She's going to read a couple day. of poems, yes. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and you were saying something. Else. Yeah, I was yes. saying that we do this universal worship service mm -hmm. where basically we choose a subject. Mm -hmm. And then we take readings from either scriptures or commentaries, books related to different faiths. Okay. And we, we choose then a reading connected to the topic, mm -hmm. and we read those in turn. And this is a form that was created by Hazrat Inad Khan. Mm -hmm. So we'll start with a prayer written by him. Mm -hmm. Then we'll do readings. Then another prayer. Then the worship leader or facilitator will uh, maybe say some things about the topic as well. And then we have... And there's quite a lot of silence in between. Of late, we've also invited... If other people come, we've invited them to read the readings... Mm -hmm. or choose their own readings, and also comment about them. Oh, so it becomes okay. a more participatory thing. Yes. And so it, in a way, it becomes a worship and conversation. Great. Very nice. And if people want to know more about it or find the information, do you have a website? We well, can they can reach me through the website of my parent Sufi 
group, which is called the Sufi Way, mm-hmm. and that is sufiway.org. Okay. Or they can email me, kiran at sufiway.org. Kiran at sufiway.org. Yeah. Okay. And our center <laughs> in Alameda is called Bay Dervish. Okay. And so they can get on our mailing list and I can send them information about these programs. Sure. So I put all this information on my blog and on my Facebook page. So I have like facebook.com slash chai time radio. Wonderful. And I'll put this information plus I'll put about the uh, Kavali event we are having on Ah, February 25th at 2 p.m. in San Francisco. Yeah. And, uh, we really, really, I think this interview or this Baatcheet, I'm going to call it part one because <laughs> I have five, 500 questions for you, which you have to answer. I might end up giving you the same answer to each one of them. Can so, I mention two more things? Because you asked me how I teach. Uh-huh. One of the other things is that I do personal guidance. Okay, okay. So that so, would be more like one-on-one? Uh, it's one-on-one. Mm-hmm. It's private. Yes. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is there's never a charge. This is our service. So I have students, and some of them are local, mm-hmm. and some of them we communicate by phone and by Skype. Okay. Some of them I've met, even though they're at distant places, they come to visit me, mm-hmm. and some I've never met in person. Wow. And what you know, what you have learned, what you have achieved, passing it... Mm. to people. It's a very satisfying experience, right? And it, it means a lot because I'm a teacher and I know. You know, you know like the, how, how, the feeling, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the feeling. Somebody gave you something precious. Yes, yes. And you're not going to hold on to it, but you're going to spread it. And that's what you're doing. And we are so thankful that you're doing that. And we are really, really thankful that you're coming all the way to San Francisco and you're doing Sufi Kavali even for us at uh, Center SF in San no, Francisco. It's a great opportunity. I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful to Mahendra and you and the whole meetup group. Thank you very much. And then you took time today to talk to me and I'm very sure my listeners, they will be so happy because everyone, they all want to know. They don't know whom mm-hmm. to ask, right? So I'm, I'm grateful that you came today and you talked to me. And uh, we all are looking forward to seeing you again and attending your Kavali. Happy to do it. Yes. And before we say bye to our listeners, is there anything special or particular you want to tell them about or give them a message? <clears throat> there is a verse that opens the Kavali Chap Tilak. Hmm. Yes. And the yes. verse, you know, it precedes the Kavali, hmm. like a mukra. Mm-hmm. And the verse is Apani chab banaike, mai jo ke pas gai. Jab chab dekhi pihu ki, mai to apani bhool gai. These are my favorite lines, Kiran. Thank you. So it's 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 such a beautiful, simple <laughs> expression of such a complete and profound idea. Yes. And they have to just experience it, right? Everyone has to have their own experience. And yeah. I can say that with conviction because 
I have been talking to people, doing so many interviews, but today it was different. It was special. And, and I can tell you that, yeah, sometimes those are the markers in your life. Mm. And I'm really, really happy that I met you we talked and we had a show and people are going to listen to you and then they are going to get this great opportunity to meet you in San Francisco. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. And I, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for talking to me. Thank you so much. Thank you. And here I would like to tell my listeners that I'm going to put all this information on my blog which is on tumblr and then i'm going to put everything on facebook they can connect with you they can find out about uh, hindi Udu sufi meetup group and they can attend the event and we all are together in this journey and i hope we all find what we are trying to find thank you very much god bless apne chhab banai ke main to peeke paas gayi jo chhab dekhi peeki मैं अपनी छप भूल गई सच ब्यूटिफुल लाइन्स एंड सच अ ग्रेट कन्वर्सेशन विथ किरण राणा जी आई रियली एन्जॉय टॉकिंग टू किरण जी एंड आई होप यू डेड टू इफ़ यू वॉन्ट टू लिसन टू दिस एपिसोड अगेन और टू ऑल द प्रायर एपिसोड्स ऑफ चाय टाइम यू कैन लॉग ऑन टू साउंड क्लाउड डॉट कॉम स्लैश चाय टाइम रेडियो इफ़ यू वॉन्ट टू नो मोर अबाउट दिस इवेंट एंड अबाउट किरण राणा एंड हिज ग्रुप You can find it on my blog chai-time-radio.tumblr.com. If you want to know more about the Hindi-Urdu Sufi Poetry Meetup Group, or if you want to join the group, you can find us at www.facebook.com/groups/Hindi-Urdu-Sufi-Poetry. As a final reminder, before we end the show, the Kavali event is on February 25th from 3 to 5 p.m. Remember the gates open at 2 p.m. It is at the Center SF 548 Fillmore Street, San Francisco. And the event organizing team of Soma Haldar, Prima Virani, Shashank Dabriwal, Ashutosh Vyas, Divya Vyas, Aryan Vyas, Mahendra Kotare and yours truly would like to invite you to this free event. and here i would like to say bye for now and leave you with the magical voice of abida parveen have a great weekend and a great week ahead take care khuda hafiz saani bagare saani bagare sa saani bagare गरे नी रे गे
छब बनाए गए अपनी छब बनाए के जो मैं पी के पास गई जो छब देखी पीओ की तो अपनी भूल गई छाप तिलक सब Oh. 
Oh, 